Hello, St. Louis. This is your host, Brian Biskey, and this is the STL Eaters Podcast. Did you know that there are 2.8 million people that live in the St. Louis metro area? There are many leaders inside of that population. I started this podcast to give those leaders a voice. The STL Eaters Podcast mission is to speak to the leaders of our area to gain insight into their story, their journey, and the lessons they have learned along the way. In this episode, we will talk to one of those great leaders who has not only had an impact in our community, but has a great story to share. Continue to join us each week as we share the stories of St. Louis leaders. Before we get to this episode, I want to talk about two of my great sponsors. First, NWO IT Services. As a business owner, downtime is not what you want to worry about. With NWO IT Services, they take that worry away with their month-to-month managed service packages. They handle our IT here at the STL Leaders, and they are locally owned and have been in operation for 12 years. To learn more, visit nwoitservices.com. Also brought to you by Inbound Blend Digital Marketing. Inbound Blend Digital Marketing provides affordable month-to-month website marketing services with plans starting in the hundreds, not thousands. They handle all of our marketing and website needs here at the STL Leaders, and I highly recommend you check them out. To learn more, visit inboundblend.com. And now, this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast, we welcome Bo Matthews. Bo was born at Misawa Air Force Base in Japan. Bo Matthews is a proud Air Force brat. The desire to live close to his father who was stationed at Scott Air Force Base is what brought Bo Matthews to St. Louis in 1988. His roots quickly grew and St. Louis became his home. You may know him from his many years playing country music on WIL. Early on, Bo found out what it was like to really be a part of the community. Perhaps you rode alongside him on one of his charitable motorcycle rides, filled sandbags with him during floods, or helped him feed families and provide children with gifts for the holidays all of which are Bo's passions. Bo and his wife Erica have been together since 2000 and live in their earth home. Yes, Bo mows his roof. Bo Matthews is currently on KMOX Radio here in St. Louis, and it's my great honor to welcome Bo Matthews to the show. Bo Matthews, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I greatly, greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on and uh, share your wisdom and just your background and all you have with our listeners today. I don't know what there what there is uh, below the uh, first layer of the onion, but uh, no, I'm I'm honored to uh, be on it, and uh, I'm really glad to be aware of your podcast because uh, when you reached out to me through LinkedIn, I was number one shocked, but then I went right to uh, your podcast and listened to some of them, and uh, you're you're a great interviewer, number one, and and I learned a lot just listening to the previous podcast, so uh, oh, I'm excited you. to talk to you. Well, yeah, I was just telling you before we, we started recording here that I listened to you for many, many years on WIL. And uh, obviously, most people know I'm in sales. And so, you know, I'm always in the car, always driving. I'm always listening to radio. And uh, so hearing your voice again today, it's, it's really it's really neat to have you on the show. Well, it's very kind of you. I, I really enjoyed being that guy uh, that people you know came to at the end of the day. You know, I had a feature in this show when I was on WIL called the Big Dog's Bunkhouse. And yep. and I had a boss one time say, well, what's a bunkhouse? What's a bunkhouse? I'm like, it's where you go at the end of the day and you just kind of hang out. And that's kind of how I, I kind of fashioned my show uh, because after your long day of sales or whatever you do in your life, 
that it's just a safe place you can just go and chill out, you know, and hopefully yeah. good music and good fun and that that kind of thing. Well, yeah, and when you're when you're in the car and you spend a lot of time driving, like I like I do and did, um, it's always nice to hear the same. Uh, you know, this sounds maybe uh, cliche, but to hear that voice that that at the end of the day that you would listen to time and time again and just becomes part of that routine. Um, and so I really enjoyed that. So let's start with this. Well, tell, me, enjoy- tell, tell our listeners how 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 you got into radio. What was growing up like for you? I know a little bit more than maybe some of our listeners do, but uh, how did you get into it? So uh, I, I was a singer in like junior high and high school. Um, did a little bit of sports, but I, I got hurt. So I really was kind of knocked out early on. And I'm a big cuss. So the football team wanted me, but I just I, I was injured, so I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't be on the front line like they wanted me to. Um, but I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed singing and I enjoyed doing theater in school because that's where the girls were, right? So that's why <laughs> that's kind of why I like to hang out there. And uh, so as I was approaching uh, graduation of high school, I was having a conversation with my dad, and I I said, you know, I'm thinking about he was military all his life, and uh, and I said I was thinking about going to the military after high school because I knew I didn't want to. I wasn't the guy to do four years of college. I just, I, I worked uh, in my mom's donut shop from the time I was 10 years old. And I mean, you know, it was a full-time or more than a full-time job growing up uh, because it was the family business. And so as I'm approaching high school, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm thinking military. That might be the way. And he goes, ah, you're not really military material. <laughs> and I was like, okay, appreciate the honesty. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad he said it that way. Uh, and I said, well, maybe about uh, what about being a police officer? And he goes, that's ah, kind of the same thing. You know, it's regimented. It's, you know, detailed. It's, you know, all these things. And uh, so I, I said, well, OK, there's this other thing that I saw at the career class or the career day that we had that kind of interested me, that interest that included my voice, because I've had this voice since I was about 14 years old. And uh, it was radio and TV broadcasting school. And so I went and auditioned uh, when you had to do that. You had to, instead of, you know, having great grades, you just had to go in an audition. And so I go in, uh, I lived in Rochester, Minnesota. So we drive to Minneapolis to where the school is. I audition and I failed. And I was like, oh gosh. And again, the the instructor, I remember him saying, just go back home, read everything you can out loud, just get fluent in in reading out loud. And because I was never in debate class or anything like that. And so I went home a couple of weeks later, went back and, you know, it, with flying colors, they were like, you've got to be in this business. And, and so that was encouraging. Plus, it was a one year course. And so I, I knew I wanted to get you know right back to work as soon as I can. Although when I was going to broadcasting school, I worked. I never had less than three jobs at one time. I was a keg roller at the Metrodome. I you know worked security at Sears. I sold carpeting at Sears. I delivered pizzas. I did all that stuff. Um, but because I wanted it to work. And so graduated after 10 months of school and right away uh you know within a few days i get a, a call from a station in uh well from the school but they said hey you have a job offer in gillette wyoming and i was like where's wyoming <laughs> i didn't even know <laughs> yeah so i i did it and uh and it, and it worked out and that's where i that's where i started it so what so when did you come to st louis what brought you to st louis because if my memory serves me correctly your dad was stationed at scott air force base for a little while as, as well is that correct he absolutely was. And see, my parents, uh, they divorced when I was seven. So I am in, in the first seven years of my life, you know, like I was born in Japan. We lived in the Philippines. But after they divorced, I've always lived at a distance from my father. And uh, so I started radio in Gillette, Wyoming. Uh, a year and a half later, moved to Casper, Wyoming. And my dad was there to help me move each time. And then I moved to Tucson, Arizona. I was there for about six months. And then I came up here on vacation. 
and I, I was here to visit him, and I saw all this yard work he had to do and all this stuff. And I and I also had the, that that yearn to be closer to my dad because it had been so many years since we spent a lot of quality time together. So I go back to Tucson. I you know sold what I could, got rid of everything else. He flew down, and we came up here. And so I've been here since 1988. So. Yeah. So when you first got your first radio station in Wyoming, did, did you get nervous? Was it, do you ever get, do you still to this day get nervous when you go on the air? Um, you know, I, I, at the very beginning, always, you know, because you don't want to say the wrong call letters. You don't want to say the wrong things you, you want, you know, but I always, I always, uh, as far as music radio goes, I always did country music because I was raised on it and I knew it. And yeah. of course, you know, when you, when you're in broadcasting school, uh, everybody wants to be the next rock and roll DJ. Well, right. there's tons of country DJ jobs over here and only a few rock and roll ones. And so, uh, yeah, when you first start off, sure. Uh, and I was actually known at the, at the very first radio station as the guy who couldn't read the news. Um, I just I just wasn't that wasn't my thing, you know. And here I am, you know, so many years later on KMOX, which I'm not a newscaster at all, as you well know. But <laughs> um, so. So, yeah, it, it was every news station is always a little bit nerve wracking. But once you get settled in. It's just, it's a new home. Yeah. So you come to St. Louis. Um, in what year was that? 1988? Is that what you said? April of 1988. Yeah. I, I came up here for a part-time job on WIL. On WIL. And then when did, and then you, you got the afternoon show. Uh, it took, uh, well, it took some years. Matter of fact, uh, early on, I, I think, you know, with the, 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 the spirit of your podcast, the St. Louis Leaders, uh, I was always, you know, raised to work hard, and, and I did. And uh, so when I came here, I was working part-time here, but I was also part-time uh, working as a bouncer. I worked, uh, you know, as a trash man at Scott Air Force Base. Worst job in the world. Mad respect for garbage people, you know, garbage men and garbage women, if there are. Um, and so I just hustled and hustled. And then we had a part-time guy that, that quit uh, to move to Kansas City. And I said, don't hire anybody else. I'll do all the shifts that he did and my shifts. And so I guess they noticed that drive. And Johnny Rabbit was the afternoon guy at that time. And, you know, a few years down the road, they actually moved Johnny to another station within the cluster that we had. And he's still alive. And, you know, he's on Camelot as well. Um, and I, I learned so much from him. I learned I, I was trying to learn as much from everybody that I could, you know, uh, yeah. because in, in radio, I mean, you could look at anybody that's on the radio right now or listen to anybody that's on the radio. I was always told that you listen to the ones you like, you take what you like, and then you include yourself. And that makes up who you are on the, on the air, you know, and, and what you do. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's it, eventually they offered me the afternoon job and I was just shocked. And, yeah. you know, uh, following a legend like that, uh, Johnny Rabbit, you know, he's been around forever. Um, so it was it was a huge honor to take on that. I, I bet I was nervous on that first show in the afternoon. <laughs> I, I, I would have been. I could tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you but you did it you did it and you did it all the way up until 2002 and then you had a little stint where i think you went to florida if that if that's correct yes. and then you came and then you came back to wil right you know as i was leaving my wife and i were leaving st louis i was like well i guess i've given everybody a hot dog and a t-shirt in this town i guess they don't <laughs> need me anymore and uh to be quite honest the morning show down in orlando is a morning show and you got to get up at 3 a.m and i was a night owl all my life yeah. Uh, you got to get up at 3 a.m. because the boss didn't want you waking up on the air. You had to be bright eyed and bushy tailed at five sure. o'clock in the morning. Um, so I did that and we had a good time doing it, you know, trying to build a show. But then three years later, an opportunity came up that they wanted me to come back to St. Louis. And I was 
yeah, right. I, absolutely. This was home, yeah. Well, you know, one thing I, I love about you just from talking to you here on the show and previously is how humble you are. Uh, you, you said to me multiple times, well, I'm not sure I'm an actual STL leader. Uh, and I would say you absolutely are an STL leader because there's many people like myself that have listened to you for years and years and years on the radio um, that you become part of their day. But I also know you have do quite a bit of community involvement and giving back to the community. Uh, so talk to me about your motorcycle rides and, and how you've given back to the community. Well, I, I think early on there was a news guy uh, at WIL. His name was Gene Hirsch, and he had been there forever. And after he retired, he had a really long, nice retirement before he passed away years ago in Florida. Um, but he was pressed, and this is when all radio stations had a news department. And what happened was uh, I was still the part-time guy at this time. He goes, I really need somebody to go out and cover this event. It was called uh, the uh, Boys Town of Missouri Wagon Train. And up until this point, I was like the guy giving away T-shirts and playing music and, you know, fun stuff, right? I had no idea until that day of the power of the microphone because uh, I thought it was me pushing out, you know, me delivering the music and the news or the, you know, topics that we were on. But he says, man, if you could go out to wherever it was, St. James, Missouri, and, and just go out, talk to them, get some recording, get some audio from, you know, talk to the leaders and the kids if you can. And I go out there and I'm out there, <clears throat> excuse me, and this is like the very first charity event that I was, you know, a part of or, you know, a charity organization. And here's all these kids, all these, you know, kids with bad, you know, rough beginnings. This is like their last ditch effort where they're going to go. And here they're all on horseback. And I don't know if you're familiar with the wagon train, but it took like 11 days for them to ride horses from St. James, Missouri to the Arch. Oh, wow. And so what happened was uh, I go out and I meet up with them. They were very nice to me, but I got to talking with uh, one of the kids and I looked down and I noticed his heel was missing on his cowboy boot. So he's walking, you know, with a, sure. a, a, a kind of a limp. And as I'm, I, I see that, and it just impacted me so much because, you know, so many charity organizations are on a shoestring budget anyway. And here these people are in charge of, you know, very challenged children in their in their beginning and i as i'm driving back to st louis after that event and by the way they said oh come back tomorrow if you want to ride with us and i was absolutely going to do that but on the way back I'm, i started uh, i started thinking how can i help this one kid and then i got to talk to uh, the guy that uh, used to own chuck's Boots superstores and I, I said randy so we got a problem here we got these kids that you know there's one kid that it doesn't even have a boot some kids are in tennis shoes they need boots and you have a boot store right and so he goes here's what here's what we're going to do he goes you get on the radio, tell people if they've got an old pair of boots, they want to, you know, come in and trade. He goes, I'll give them, you know, X amount of dollars off and then we'll, you know, give them a discount on their boots and we'll take their boots that are in good condition. And we'll donate it to these kids. I remember his, the kid's size was like a size 11. And when I found a size, a pair of size 11 uh, cowboy boots with both heels, I set those aside for him. And then I took this whole truckload of boots to these kids. And I was just so amazed at the response. Yeah. And so so that really uh, enlightened uh, me on the power of the microphone, just like you're doing with your microphone. You you are sharing stories of people. And it was just so powerful. You get on the air and you talk and say what you need and you tell people what you have to have. And boy, they come. And so yeah. th that led to, you know, several years of St. Jude Radiothons at South County Center and uh, motorcycle rides. You mentioned we did almost 20 years of motorcycle rides for uh, for March of Dimes. Uh, we did uh, we did some soldier rides, we did, you know, Memorial Day rides, and again the power of the microphone. Yeah, Brian, I'm telling you, just it, it feels so good when you put out a need, 
and people show up just by what you said in a room, you know, like this by yourself, <laughs> you know, right. you're, you're alone in a room and you think, okay, who's going to listen? And, uh, <laughs> and, and that was really, that was exciting for me. That was exciting because we could get things done. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes you such a great STL leader. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, uh, because to your point, the power of the microphone and the power of the position that you've held and the, and the power of the position of being able to, to have the voice to, you know, almost all of St. Louis, actually St. Louis metro area, I should, I should say, is pretty neat. It's pretty neat. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders Podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit EnterpriseBank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let's go back to to your WIL. Uh, You you stepped down or retired there from 2018, and and now you're at KMOX. Uh, Talk to me about KMOX. What, What do you... What do you enjoy more, the the country radio or or now the news talk? You know, both. Have, the, 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 the benefit of music radio is you talk a little bit and then there's a song yeah. or several songs. And you don't, you know, you don't do a whole lot until you do a commercial break, let's say. So uh, I, I separate from WIL in June of 18. And it was a couple of weeks later, my phone rings in the middle of the afternoon. And it was Steve Moore from KMOX. And obviously word had got around that, you know, I was no longer there. He yeah. calls me up and he goes, we're really interested in, you know, doing something. I'm like, what? Talk radio? And I tell my wife, I'm like, that was KMOX calling. And she's the first thing she said was, oh, my gosh, you could be able to, you know, you could tell stories the way you want to tell stories, you know, yeah. take some time. So uh, the challenges are uh, in this world of the pandemic era that we're in uh, are I work remotely in the studio that I'm in right now. Uh, I have a producer there. Uh, when I fill in for Mark Reardon, uh, it's great because I'm working with pr- several producers, the news director, all that stuff. They're all helping with the show when it's a live show. Uh, my yeah. show on the weekends is, uh, is part, it, it, it's a part-time position and I do a show from my home studio and I just upload it and, and it goes, but, uh, and almost all the shows are done remotely. But what I do like about talk radio is, and again, I'm not, you know, have, I, I pay attention to all politics. We're all trying to keep track of what's going on. But I like to tell the stories of uh, different businesses, uh, different mom and pop stores that are trying to survive, restaurants, you know, or whatever. Uh, so I, I enjoy just kind of like the charity stuff. I like to tell the story of what is needed. Uh, when I, I was down at, uh, oh, what do they call it, the Russell House in Hillsborough a couple of weeks ago, here's this beautiful steakhouse in the middle of Hillsborough, which is a tiny town. But yeah. it's a great place to go to, and it's an amazing building. But the guy is struggling, like a lot of mom and pops. So uh, I, I enjoy telling the stories. And I've got some other friends. Uh, i got a guy that's in radio in Florida that's a real good friend of mine from Wyoming. Uh, that we're still friends. So I have him on my show, pretty regular, another buddy of mine, uh, uh, Brian. He's he's also part of it. And we just we talk about sound ideas of you know moving forward from this point. What do we do with the elections moving forward from this point? What are some sound ideas for, you know, staying safe? You know, so I, yeah. I do enjoy that part, but I really enjoy a room setting where I'm working with Carol Daniel from KMOX and her and I are just like peanut butter and jelly. We just we just get along uh, and huge respect for her because she's been there for you know 25 yeah. years or more. Okay. So, yeah, it's a challenge, yeah. though. A lot of talking. Yeah. 
Well, I was going to say, it's, 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 to your point, it's very different from the, the days in the afternoon where you, you did a little bit of talking and a lot of playing of music uh, to now it's, it's all talking. Do you feel, you know, obviously, you know, I, I don't want to get into a political conversation here, but do you feel like with the political environment that has happened in 2020 for, you know, mostly because of this pandemic, that you got to be careful on what you say on the air so that you don't upset one side or the other? Or how do you, how do you manage that? That's a really good question. Uh, I can tell you that uh, it, it seems like mainstream media is what they call it. You know, the, the yep. Fox, CNNs, MSNBCs, they have an edict, a company edict. They, they tow the company line. Here's what here's what the narrative that we're going to push today. I, I'm going to tell you, Brian, I have never had that for my boss. He has never said go one way or the other. He's, he basically said, uh, you, you just be you. Just talk about the subjects as you and I at, actually on the front end of it, when we first had lunch a couple of times, I was like, I don't know if I'm a talk radio guy. And he goes, here's the thing. You don't have to be interesting. You have to be interested. And a lot like what you do with St. Louis leaders, that was just so profound to me. Yeah, I, I do have a I do have a political mind. I do think about what's going on. You know, this whatever fraud, no fraud, whatever. There, there's a lot of going on. But I will tell you, as far as the audience goes, you do get pushback and you could say something so benign and somebody will be offended by that. So if you look at how close this particular election is in 2020, that's basically your audience. You've got 50, 50 that are out there listening. So yeah. you do have to be careful. Um, yeah. But again, I've never had a, a company edict say we've got to push the narrative this way or this way. And I've been, I was so relieved when Absolutely. that didn't happen, you know, Absolutely. I, my wife and I talk all the time. Is there a news station out there that just reports the news? <laughs> you know, doesn't have a narrative that they're trying to to push. And whether it's Fox News or whether it's CNN, um, they both have a narrative. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I, I would I would imagine a position that you're in. Um, you you probably get some hate mail or some or some hate comments, but you also probably have people who love you. And I feel that, you know, I, I've told many people um what happened to the days of just respecting each other's opinion um, and loving your neighbor like you should uh, and just uh, supporting your your supporting no matter what side of the aisle on just supporting each other and coming together as, as one United States. Um, I think I think we could all benefit by that in 2021. I, I would agree with that, Brian. Uh, there's a country singer. His name is Granger Smith. You may be familiar. He's not a yes. huge star, but he's he's got some traction out there. And he really made a good point on something I saw recently by him. And he said, you know, this country is supposed to be half and half. We are supposed to be. The problem lies in the, you know, if you want to believe in the deep state or if you want to believe in, uh, you know, what the liberals say versus the conservatives. But we are supposed to be a half and half country. We're supposed to be able to come together and work together with the smartest people that are elected into those positions. And so when something like the impeachment trial, which we have now, it's now been proven, not my words, it's proven. The Steele dossier was BS and, and all of this was made up. And I think back to the, the footage of, of the impeachment uh, hearings where Adam Schiff was going on and on and on. It was I almost look at mainstream media now is if they started their broadcast with once upon a time and then <laughs> they tell you their story. That's really what it is, because if you watch Chris Cuomo, Rachel Maddow, Sean Hannity, they're all pushing. And it seems like they're all pushing now the same uh, the same narrative which is really strange to me. So I actually lean on companies like uh, One American News Network. Uh, John Posobiec is a, Jack Posobiec is a great friend of mine uh, on, you know, through the radio. Uh, also, uh, Newsmax is also seems like what you want, like the Walter Cronk. Just give me the news. Just give me the facts. 
yeah. I'll be my own pundit, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. tough. It is. It is. So, I mean, you, you've had an extensive career. Um, you've, I'm sure you've met some amazing people along the way. Yeah. What would you pinpoint as the highlight uh, of your career or something you would say that was a really cool or really proud moment of my career? Uh, you know, it, it was funny because I was just talking to somebody the other day. Uh, I had lunch on the Hill and uh, he, he kind of had a similar question. And I, I kind of went through the inventory. I mean, I've you know met Kenny Rogers uh, in person at, at Bush Stadium when he had the song "The Greatest Out," and he presented oh, yeah. a bat with a name tattooed on it. It was so cool. Oh, but my mom was such a huge fan. He was almost like family. So I did. I, did, I didn't feel intimidated. It was like, oh hey, here's Kenny. But yeah. it's Kenny freaking Rogers, you know? Right, 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 uh, right. The one person that kind of caught me off guard. Uh, we were in Las Vegas doing the awards show, and before the awards show happens, all the artists are there. And they just file them through a room and they sit down for five or 10 minutes and you get to chat with them. And I'm, you know, here's Taylor Swift at 18 years, 17, 18 years old. You know, I'm not intimidated. Uh, I'm seeing members of Alabama or Chris Stapleton or all these, you know, big names. All of a sudden I look up from my, my table and I see John Anderson. If you remember John Anderson, yeah. uh, he had Seminole wind and swinging. And I was just so shocked. I'm like, and I, I kind of got a little, uh, I don't know, fangirl. I, I kind of fangirled on <laughs> yeah. it. But I, I look at these people that have been around for so long, and here's this guy, you know, still trying to make it. And so I would say that, I mean, it's weird, but that would be probably no, I a highlight a of yeah. people that I've met. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a really neat story. You know, uh, Bo, I, I want to be respectful of your time. And I always end this podcast with really asking, um, you know, the same question to everybody. And that is, if you could give just a piece of advice to anybody listening to the show, whether it's about life, whether it's about uh, somebody maybe who's aspiring to be, get into radio or, or anything along those lines, what advice would you give to our audience? Brian, I would say uh, that if you have faith to love God and love your neighbor, you mentioned love your neighbor uh, earlier on in this uh, conversation. I think those are the most important parts, especially when we're in such a trying time right now for the country. As far as uh, uh, leadership advice, I would say, uh, words that were said to me by somebody very wise, uh, that you have two eyes and one mouth. You should listen, uh, or sorry, two ears and one mouth. You should listen twice as much as you speak and, and to know that not one person has all the answers. And, you know, when, when we see our media, you know, slamming our president, he didn't do this right. He didn't do this right. Uh, the thing is, is, uh, we have, we have, you have a board of directors. You may not even know, but you have a board. Of, I have a board of directors. My wife is part of it. I've got a best friend. I've got a financial advisor, a lawyer. You have to listen to other people because I think collectively, uh, even Elon Musk is a guy that will listen to everybody's ideas and then take what he likes and, and puts it together. So if you're on a path, whatever the career is, whether it's media, radio, TV, uh, podcasting, um, to, to listen to ideas and, and to learn from those that have already gone down the road. Like, I, matter of fact, I, I have an interest in finding out how you got started with St. Louis Leaders because I think it's a great podcast. And, and I mean, it wasn't, was it all your idea? Did you do everything from the engineering to the recording to the launching? To, no, you probably had people that you spoke to about it. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, you know, utilizing and listening to people that are around you that have your best interest at heart are the, are going to be your board of directors. Absolutely. So listen to those people that are, you know, that have gone down that road before you. So 
Absolutely. No, I think it's great advice. I tell people all the time that I don't be where I'm at today without having mentors uh, or coaches along the way that have guided me to a, in, a, in a path. And I still to this day have those people. Right. And and some of those people don't even know that they're those people. Like I had a conversation yesterday with a, what I would say a, a good friend of mine. Um, and he gave me some he, he gave me some advice that he says, I'm going to hit you kind of hard with some advice that I want you to really take to heart. And he goes, don't take it the wrong way. Right. But that's OK. Sometimes we need some hard advice to, to make ourselves better. And so I think your board of directors comments, a really good comment. And um, and I agree with with all that assessment. So this this right now, I think, is the most challenging year that anybody has seen in our lifetime that is alive today. And and more so now we're all looking for answers, whether it's the, the pandemic or whether it's the election or, you know, we're all looking for answers. But when when you see a, a political side that is, you know, so against this president. To me, that's like the uh, the passengers on an airplane rooting that the pilot crashes the plane. We're all, you know, it, it's just so bad. I, I just really hope that we can, whether it's you know, Joe Biden or whether it's Donald Trump on January 20th, I think we just need to look at this and go, okay, here's the guy, and now we need to we need to work together, especially in Congress, uh, to make sure that these things are done right for a free country. Yeah. I just saw something uh, that the Constitution doesn't need to be rewritten. It just needs to be reread. And it was so profound when I saw those words. I'm like, yeah, that's true. This this yeah. document that was actually created. We think of our, our, our framers of the Constitution as, you know, the white wigs and, the you know, these old guys. Actually, a lot of these guys were in their 20s and 30s in the writing of the original Constitution. Um, it's just, It's just amazing to me that. We, that that was a fact that they were that young because we look at our millennials now going ah oh, they're on their you know couch playing video games there's a <laughs> lot of great there's a lot of great minds in that generation and okay. and I, I i just hope that we can come together for the for the betterment of the country i agree i i 100 you know i said that a little bit earlier but i hope we as a country come together as one united states of america we support our elected officials and our neighbors and our friends and and we can um just come together as one i think that will be a very powerful movement for our country so, yeah. Bo, on behalf of the STL Leaders Podcast, I greatly, greatly appreciate not only your time today, but what the commitment you have to the community here in St. Louis and everything you've done uh, over your long tenured career here in St. Louis. I really appreciate it. Well, it has been my pleasure. Again, kind of a shock that you reached out, but I'm glad you did. And uh, nice to talk to you. And, uh, and I'm definitely going to have you on my show on KMOX uh, so we can uh, we can spread the word about your podcast, STL Leaders. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Bo. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Synchrony HR. Synchrony HR here in St. Louis helps organizations streamline their administration, provide HR consulting, and offers unique access to Fortune 500 benefits. To learn more, visit SynchronyHR.com. Stay tuned for next week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast.